0: what's up everyone thank you so much for being here this is episode eight of the critical strike podcast with two of the three usual suspects myself Enrique demore as well as tyler escara and coming in off the bench to substitute a late sub a super sub for meg k is the one and only michael kelly who i believe was a a two-time senior year best smile award
1: best smile yeah, yes, something sir. like
2: that. Regardless, <laughs> I'm, I'm honored
0: to be the sixth man off the bench. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> now, we're really happy to have you here uh, with us. This is, this is going to be an NA-centric episode, just forewarning. If that means anything to you one way or the other, you've been warned. We're going to talk, lock-in, and preview the Spring Split Lock-In Tournament. I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, the series, the best of fives, were were bangers. And I think yes. we, were, we were talking a little bit before we recorded about how much a best of you know, a bunch of best of ones versus a best of five would differentiate things as far as results. And uh we'll start with you, Tyler, because you you had some you had some takes on uh Cloud Nine's performance and, and kind of what you project for them in the spring split. But let's talk about them in the in, in the confines of the lock in tournament because they performed mm-hmm. really, really well in these best of five formats despite really being shaky. And I think people kind of expected that to a degree.
1: I mean, well cloud nine is just kind of like even though there's a ton of hype around them, there still has to be a level of, like, patience with that team because uh, we already saw a ton of people, like, asking for Fudge's head after he got camped in the top lane by uh, Team Liquid, and, like, I think that, you know, if you're making your debut against Alfari and Team Liquid in Best of Fives, uh, and Alfari and, and Someday even, like, you're making your debut against those guys for your first Best of Fives in North America, that's a tough that's a tough sell. Yeah, it's like
0: the uh, it's like the feed the fish mentality. Uh, Urban Meyer, famed college football coach. That's that's the strategy that he would use. He would say, "Find the weakest link, ruin his day, and we're gonna win through that." And that right. felt like kind of what happened to Cloud Nine.
1: Yeah, and so you know, even though there's a ton of expectation, as there should be, because you, it was a it's a huge improvement to bring perks over to the team. But right now. Uh, it's clear that Cloud9 still has some growing pains to go through because Perks is a very different player than Nisqy. Um, and we saw that the way that his playstyle is a lot more. Um, Nisqy's play style is a lot more sacrificial. Um, doesn't require a lot of, he actually had the lowest gold share of any mid laner last year uh, because of his playstyle. He liked to roam with Blaber and just affect the side lanes and get their side lanes like ahead. Uh, and Perks isn't necessarily that type of player. He's a lot more resource heavy. He had actually the last time that he played uh, in the mid lane for G2, he had the fourth highest gold share of any mid laner. And so there's still a lot of adjustment uh, adjustments needed for Cloud9. But I do think that their ceiling is exceptionally high still.
2: I would tend to agree. I think on on paper, um, synergy and chemistry will always. Um, have more sway over a team's results than a uh, raw mechanical talent, um, which is why you know you look at a team like hundred thieves. They were able to take a mechanically talented teams like like Cloud Nine to the brink uh, on Friday night. And I think as the season goes on, we're going to have to see more and more synergy really start to develop before Cloud uh, around Cloud Nine before we can start to really pin them as contenders for a, a genuine title. Because right now, you have five pieces that all work really well on their own. But like you said, Tyler, it's going to take a bit of time before we can start to see Fudge and Perks really come into their own in not just a new team, but a new league. And I think as that kind of develops throughout the course of the year, and those two players in specific um, get more used to their surroundings... We'll start to see Cloud9 become more of a threat. But for now, like you said, there's definitely some growing pains you're going to have to get through.
0: And it feels like, too, that it really could be very scary. The more I even think about it, you said, Tyler, that their, their ceiling is exceptionally high. That, uh, because that bottom lane, still, Zven and Vulcan, I feel like so much of Cloud9 got kind of downgraded mentally because of that just cataclysmic collapse in summer of 2020. Mm. But Zven and Vulcan... Like, Sven and Vulcan are just, they by themselves are this like little two man roaming death squad, whereas beforehand that was kind of Blabber and Niski, right? And like like you said, Niski took a more supportive role when need be and Blabber was just all over the place. How much of that synergy do you think has to come from Blabber and Perks or Blabber and Fudge or, you know, how much does that top side need to work out if Sven and Vulcan, like they are arguably the best bot lane in the LCS? There's a case arguably. for that. Arguably. Right. Yes, and we can get in, into that more later. But, They can win through that lane.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that Sven showed that even on picks like Senna, he can be incredibly impactful. But I do think that when you look at the rest of the league and the the talent that they have on the top side of the map, like when we look at, for example, the top guys, TL, Cloud9, 100 Thieves is in there now. Those rosters can code like tit for tat with Cloud9 in terms of comparing lane to lane, right? like for example, a hundred thieves, uh, you have FBI and who he, who is also in contention for best bottom lane in the region. Mm-hmm. And then you have someday in the top lane, uh, and then you have, um, closer in the jungle. Like those are really, really, really good players. And I think that if you're going to be able, cause you can rely on Sven and Vulcan, you know what you're getting with those guys, which is just like, they are like in my mind, like they're so reliable. Like, you don't need to worry when you have those guys in the bot lane. But right now, there's just a lot of question marks around the rest of the map that I think that they need to work on. Um, and yeah, no, mid-jungle mid, mid jungle synergy is super important. It's always been really important, and I think that that hasn't changed. And so we'll see how they adapt. It's very, very important that they find the their identity as a team. Um, because even if you have star players on your team if you're not able to lock down the identity that you want to have as a five-man unit then like, I mean, we've seen this right like for example tsm tsm had pretty good rosters over these past few seasons but they never were able to lock down a specific or like dominant um identity and they suffered for it um so i do think that i think blabber and uh, and perks especially we're going to have to get some put in some real work together for this team to really succeed.
2: And I do think we're being a little bit unfair because I, I do think Cloud9 is obviously one of the stronger teams in North America. But it's easy to look at things with a bit of a narrow scope because our standards are so high for this roster. Um, yes. The amount of talent that is just packed to the brim here on this Cloud9 team. It's very rare to find it anywhere else in the league, and I think that's why we are being a little bit critical early on. But it's easy to forget that, yes, they lost to EG day one. Yes, they were almost knocked out of the bracket stage early by 100 Thieves. But when the going got rough, these guys came within one game of winning the entire tournament. So, yes, it is easy to hold them to that high standard. But if they win that game five and and they complete the reverse sweep their second reverse sweep in as many days we're having a very different conversation right now yeah i think at the end of the day of course there is a lot of work to be done for a roster that still has to develop synergy like you know in, in the mid and jungle positions and whatnot but end of the day this team is very good and i don't expect them to go away anytime soon they're going to be in contention for a title throughout the entire course of 2021
1: i i think that the like the thing is if they won it would have looked bad on everybody else because Cloud9 hasn't looked that strong. That's the thing. I think that, like, if Team Liquid lost, it would be, like, a very different... Like, I don't think that we'd be giving... I don't think that people would be giving Cloud9 more praise because they didn't look that great.
0: It, it would like, be more TL through, not C9 Exactly, like a exactly.
1: The thing is is that Cloud9 did show that they have that, that that mentality and the work like the 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 ability to persevere through toughness. Like they 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 showed their toughness this past weekend getting being able to, you know, fight back uh, and reverse sweep 100 these and then fight back and then almost reverse sweep uh Team Liquid. But at the same time it just feels like right now there's still a lot of again, just a ton of work that needs to be done and if Team Liquid lost and we would also be saying that about them, so it's like, when it mattered most, uh, they, they they faltered. I still think that I would hold Team Liquid, even if Cloud9 won, I would still hold Team Liquid higher than them mm-hmm. in terms of this coming season, just because of their their body of work.
0: Yeah, and, and I think most people would as well, because, and this maybe talks about a broader discussion of the lock-in tournament, because... There was, uh, you guys pointed the statistic out to me, I didn't know. But, I mean, Cloud9 played almost as many games during the lock-in as they did during a single split. So, I mean, just kind of uh, zooming out here a bit, how much is appropriate to take away, given that the amount of games is the exact same, and you get to see teams in best-of-ones and best-of-fives, which I think is significant, because they were two different teams. I mean, I feel like EG was almost the opposite side of that coin. They were blasting everybody in, uh, you know, in best of ones. They just, oh, gave, gave Impact connected and then GG's go next. But then they got blasted in three straight games against TL. They did take a game off. It was 30, 20, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, 25 minutes. They got absolutely destroyed. But we wouldn't doubt that they are one of the better teams in the LCS. Um, should, I don't know, how much should be put on TL and Cloud9's performances here?
2: I think quite a bit. Um, I mean, 18 or 17 games... Uh, in, in the span of three weeks compared to eight, 18 games in the span of nine weeks, it, it's, it's incredible how many games were actually played during the lock-in tournament. I understand tournaments are this breeding ground for you know, high intensity back to back to back games like, okay, sure. But I think what it really speaks to is the fact that maybe 18 best of ones isn't really a true indicator of who the best team in the region might actually be. Because when I mean, you look at last split, for example, um, the, the Golden Guardians roster, now the 100 Thieves roster, the Golden Guardians team really turned it on in that first best of five against TSM in that first round. And there were so many teams like that throughout the course of, not just last year, but historically as well, who are a different beast in, in a bracket stage of a tournament. So 100% comparing playoffs to, to regular season, is almost becoming unfair because of this login tournament. When you are playing as many games in this one tournament as you would be throughout the course of a regular split, so I think the question now becomes: Well, do we just add more games to the season? Do we do we extend the LCS season, or are we happy with where we are?
1: See, the thing is, it's like this is kind of like a conversation that has been had multiple times, especially ever since you know we did have those. Um, multiple game weekends for teams and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think it just comes down to viewership. Uh, you add more games, which means that they're going to have to do something to the effect of, remember when we, they had the like the, the A stream and the B stream? Oof, but, dark, dark days. Yeah, it, it was rough because some games would get like, no viewership because it's a rough matchup you can't blame the fans for not wanting to watch like a bottom of the barrel type of matchup because no one wants to do that when you have like for example TL versus C9 or something. Mm-hmm. No one's going to want to watch that that matchup. Um and so we need to f- factor in the fact that viewership is not going to be good. Like I feel like it's going to be good for the players because they because they get more practice and they get more play time and they get to, you know, just in general play a lot more which is better for them on stage, but for viewership i don't think it's going to be great at all and so i don't know where the um the focus is i it's clear that they want to make it a little bit more fan friendly which is why they removed that and now are just going back to these best of ones um but i do think that there needs to be and i I, i'm not sure about what the changes need to be but there needs to be a, a better discussion of Balancing, I think that the lock in stages, the lock in tournament was really, really good. Just mm-hmm. playing more games in general for these players is really, really good. Yeah. So,
0: and, and I think maybe this gets into a broader, maybe philosophical discussion about you know, do you put do you pack more games into you know one weekend where a certain patch or meta might just skew results a certain way? Um, you know, it, how much weight should be given to the fact that okay, look, amidst changing metas and changing patches, you were able to, if the games are more spread out, this is more true you were able to put together a more consistent body of work over a bunch of different versions of League of Legends, if you will, because the meta can so influence, you know, it can it's just set. swing certain teams into, into the spotlight when maybe they don't deserve to be. Um, so I think there is something to be said about, you know, who's the best team? Well, it's the five players who can, you know, League of Legends is a team game, and that seems like an obvious statement, but the higher up you get, the more crucial that becomes, and communication, or a lack thereof, has derailed uh, you know, and just, just team chemistry or lack thereof has derailed much better teams in much more spectacular fashion. Um, mm. So, I, 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 I kind of thought of this. What would y'all think of best of twos? But, 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 but and, and maybe y'all know actually, okay, but for for those that don't know, maybe that are listening, you would do best of twos, and it's like, if you win 2-0, you get three points. If you split, you get one point apiece. And if you, you know, if you lose, you get 2-0, you get zero points. And it's like soccer mm. where it's like, just points
2: tabulating up. I think, on, I think on paper, the system that you just presented is a lot more, um, I, I guess, efficient at determining which teams are actually good, which teams are more dominant, which teams are more 50-50, and which teams are on the other end of the spectrum. But I think for the average fan, it's... It, like like Tyler said, the, that, that concept of being fan-friendly... Um, and I don't think it comes across as something that fans want to keep up with. And really, I think best of series, um, and this is going to sound like maybe objective, but I think best of series are something that fans like to keep sacred. When there is a best of series, whether it's best of three or best of five or whatever, it, it screams high intensity, high stakes, Playoff. playoffs, yeah. Right. And if you have a, a best of three or even a best of two on a week-by-week basis and, and that's how you're playing your games, uh, I think it's fair to say that the average fan will look at that and go, well, if we're doing this every week, why is it special in the playoffs? And I think in North America especially, when the level of um, competition, we can say, isn't as high as it is in Korea's Korea, who, who plays best of threes every day. I mean, those guys grind them out like nobody's business. And over there, it it does get a little bit tedious. So maybe if if that comes to North America, we might see a similar situation where the average fan just might start tuning out because things are oversaturated. Believe me, I mean, the three of us can, can sit here and absorb as much competitive League of Legends as possible. But for the casual viewer they might start being drawn away from the product
1: i mean don't get me wrong even us there's going to be moments where it's like god we're going to be watching like dignitas versus golden guardians for best of three like it it, that's the mentality that a lot of people will come with because it's like why you know no i agree Like, like why yeah. And, 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 and this isn't to say that like these aren't worth it games to watch because i think it is worth it right you got a lot of young players that are trying to their best and stuff but, and, and again, but but
0: that's the kind of stuff that you know the casual fan probably will not be, be looking in, to right like we're into it because we're invested in north american talent development and like yes we you know we, we are paid to do to watch league of legends <laughs> to a certain extent, which is a wild sentence i never thought i'd be saying when i was in college <laughs> that's that's a Weird. whole different conversation um But yeah, I mean, I I think part of it is also cultural. Maybe to your point, Michael, about how you know I was going to say what would he say about to the LEC and or LCK and and LPL fans uh, because they do this all the time. But um, yeah, uh, it might be just a a bit of a a broader, more philosophical discussion because we're not the first ones to have had this, and we did have this series way back in the day. And there's a reason that we don't do it anymore. But anyway, um, moving on from the uh, the LCS lock in. Oh, okay. Kind of last last little thing here. Tweet length response, because we gotta move on. Uh, do you think that it should be a, a trophy or a title if you win the LCS Lock in tournament?
1: No. 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 Hard no. No. Hard no. Like like this is not even like you got teams that have like three like two two subs and stuff. Like, no, no. Okay, no, but but no, in, no.
0: In, in different years. Let's say you had like, you know, but because it, it was just like, okay, like who, who was able to develop immediately the best synergy? Because like, there's something <sighs> except for
1: that. I think it's too early to give a trophy. Like, that's just like a meaningless trophy. That's like that's like a, like it, to be honest, I feel like a lot of players now it's like it's the beginning of the season, people are still trying to like do stuff. Like I feel like a lot of people would think that this is kind of just like a meh kind of reward, getting to give uh money to charities, nice. But this this doesn't even count towards Worlds. This doesn't count towards MSI. This doesn't count towards their regular season thing. Like this has nothing really to do. It's literally just an exhibition for money. So for me, it's just kind of like you don't really need to have an LCS title for this. Sure. This is, it's, no. it's whatever.
0: No, fair enough. This does feel kind of a, like an appropriate sort of reward. Is you get a little, you, you can make it as important as you want. You get to give some money to charity. You get some money yeah. for yourself. It's good. Uh, looking forward to this weekend, though. Um, mm. it's, uh, it's, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. There are some, there are going to be a couple, you know, some, some good matches. And look, it's, you know, uh, it is a compressed season. So we are going to have, everyone's going to play everyone eventually. But as far as how to front load a schedule, I wouldn't say this is a masterclass in how not to follow the schedule, <laughs> but it's not fantastic.
1: It's it's pretty... The uh, first day is pretty bad. Well, like, like you know, it's... it's it, first LCS day, I'm going to tune in, but honestly, I feel like there's only one game like worth looking at uh, in terms of if you really just want to get a banger. There's, there's no banger matchups, I don't think, this... First, the first day. There's no bangers at all. So, except for Evil Genius versus Hunter
2: Thieves. Yep, that's the one I'm looking
1: at. To be fair,
0: I mean, maybe because it is, you know, Friday and people are like, oh, right, you know, new schedule. Now that it's not Monday night league, it's Friday night league, like, and people are just freer on Saturdays in general. I I suppose, to be fair, maybe you put more bangers later in the week.
2: Um, I I would tend to agree. I, I think, honestly, this first day of play. Nothing really stands out, like Tyler said. I mean, obviously I'm going to watch EG and 100. I'm going to watch them all, obviously, but I think EG and 100 Thieves. That's the one we are watching closely because those two teams really impressed in the lock-in tournament. Um, Those were the two teams that rose to the occasion, played really well over the course of the last three weeks, and turned quite a bit of heads. I mean, EG in particular, not a whole lot of people expected them to make noise this early, Mm -hmm. but that team has really stood out to me as a potential you know title contender definitely a definitely a playoff contender yes i mean those those guys the ceiling there is high and i think they can really you know take 100 thieves to the brink friday night for sure
0: i'd be really interested to see how they if how they bounce back one from you know the if they can continue kind of their their success in best of ones um and is okay is week 1 going to be played on 11/3 or 11/2 do we know
2: that i am going to say most likely 11 2.
0: Okay. <clears throat> because, okay, then this will be more of a, a week two discussion. Uh, because they won a lot of their games through, you know, impact just renecting all over the just, place.
1: Just gore drinkering. Exactly. He was, he was. Are you sure? Are you sure that it's not going to be the gore drinker patch?
0: Uh, well, gore drinker patch is 11 3. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but, but I mean, I, Is I, it
1: confirmed that it's 11 2? I
0: think LEC is 11 2, so I imagine LCS will be okay. as well. Okay. Um, yeah, but he was, to your point, Tyler, he was, uh, he was gore guzzling. He wasn't gore dreaming. <laughs> he, he was gore. He was gore lining up shots and ripping that them back. Ends, baby. He was gore making horrible, horrible decisions your freshman year of college. Oh and I will be interested to see how he can evolve from that because you know he showed versatility in his champion pool, and I think that's really exciting because on TL the knock against impact was always oh he's on orange duty, he's on Shen duty, and he did those things yeah. fine. But now they have. It's good to see that. Yeah, was let me let me see item. him
1: unchained. Let me see him without the ankle weights. Yeah. I want to see him on these carries, <laughs> just jumping into the enemy team, queuing in with Aatrox, and then healing for all of his health when he gets CC'd. Like when everyone saw him popping off, we're just like, oh, all right, top die. Like <laughs> it's like that. But once that patch comes in, we'll see what happens. I'm really excited to see how like the top lane meta will shift mm-hmm. without. Well, first off, I want to see. If the the nerfs are enough, because it went from twelve percent active healing to eight,
0: Mm -hmm. it went from twelve to eight. And I think also some of it is going to be will impact Olaf a lot more because
1: Mm -hmm. he got he
0: got he got bonked uh, pretty good. But also like for example, Iron Spike Whip, right? The thing it built Indigore Drinker. Uh, it is doing less damage to. It was just minions before. Now it's minions and monsters or, or yeah. something to that effect. So okay. um, I think, you know, clear speed for junglers that use that is going to go down a lot. But, you know, it's. it's Gore Drinker's getting whacked, but also Sterix is getting nerfed. Ravidous Hydra is getting nerfed. Sterix is a big one, too. Yeah, that's
1: exactly. exactly. That's the so, combo,
2: really. I mean, those items put together is what makes that build. Str- go- of course, Gore Drinker right. is ridiculous by itself, but when you combine it, it becomes unreasonable.
1: Like when you heal for, like, how much of your health and then have a shield that's just as big and it's suddenly like wow i'm not doing damage to him anymore well
0: yeah yep. I and i guess a lot this of, is my
1: uh, life gray screened.
0: yeah actually and a lot of ap top laners are coming uh are getting buffs as well which is mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be really exciting um I, I never thought i would miss silas so much <laughs> um, but he, he's you know he can, you can play him in three roles and i think that is a sort of flexibility and, and diversity that's been missing from the meta uh but i don't know any uh any other game stand out to y'all as we as we move in here
1: um i would say for saturday so saturday we wrote down the significant game as c9 tsm i think that's kind of just like a classic classic it's like c9 tsm feels kind of like the el Clasico of the lcs bro where, you know it's a banger oh. every time i like that Um, yeah and so i think that right now c9 to me looks a little bit more put together than tsm um tsm I mean, we've, ex- we've we've discussed this before on previous podcast episodes. That TSM needs a lot to, for things to like a lot needs to go right for them. Mm. C nine, they have three pieces that already are used to playing with each other, and they have pretty good synergy. And Perks is Perks It's a Perks effect. Uh, if he needs to, he can probably put some like a team in his bag for a moment. But TSM needs so much to go right just because they have five new players and a new coaching staff. Um. Lost is still getting into his own or growing into his own next to Sword Art. Hooney's mm-hmm. uh, Hooney. Huni. It's hard to see where where he's going to land when you flip the coin. Um, and, you know, I think, like, when you look at it, they need to also... They, that fan base needs to be exceptionally patient this spring because I think that there's going to be... Like, if we think that cloud Nine's going to have growing pains, TSM's going to have, like, growing... Like they're gonna have labor pains, dude.
2: (laughs) You got five guys who have literally never played with each other in any capacity. Mm -hmm. And yes, they're all mechanically gifted. Yes, Lost was the best AD in, you know, Academy last year. Yes, Sword Art's fresh off a trip to the world finals, and yes, everyone else has an immense amount of talent on TSM. But Synergy is not built overnight, and Mm -hmm. those guys are going to have to really take it step by step thankfully they have probably the best player in the history's region at the helm in the the head coach position yes but uh, we'll see how well gergson is able to develop a roster made up largely of of veterans now i mean speak is in his second year Mm -hmm. uh, lost although it's his first year in the lcs he has professional experience he's been in academy for quite some time these guys are no strangers to league of legends and I think when you put that much veteran presence into a team, it's expected that the mechanical ability will be there. Now it's just a matter of building those teamwork elements. And if there's one thing we know
0: about the TSM fan base, it is that they are notoriously patient. So I'm sure there will be (laughs) no issues whatsoever. before we uh, before we wrap up here and, and move into who he play for, because of course we're continuing that, we're gonna we're gonna see if we can yes, stump sir. stump big Mike here. Uh, what about CLG? They've got Dignitas, Hundred Thieves, and TSM. What's their record over those three games?
1: Dignitas, wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, Dignitas, Hundred D- Thieves, TSM.
1: Oh man, two and one. But they have their but they have their full roster, no?
0: They they should have both Finn and Broxa. Operative or should. Yeah, Ooh.
1: I
2: think they win two out of the three. What do you think, Tyler?
0: I think they upset TSM Sunday night.
1: Ooh!
0: Because that CLG TSM game feels like the game that's going to draw like the most overreactions of any this week.
1: 100%. Yep. 100%. Honestly, as much as I hate to say it, yeah, I think that like CLG, with the amount of veteran talent that they have, that like have... People are sleeping on that team, bro. That's what I'm saying, dude. I want, like, I like
0: all these players, and I feel so bad for Broxa because he just repeatedly yeah. gets the short end of the stick. But like, it's crazy that you know Finn is like the unknown quantity on this team. But like, mm-hmm. I love Pole Belter, Turtle, Smoothie's been there for a long time. Like, I, Smoothie, these are OGs, almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like Smoothie might be the weakest link on that team, but and he's not bad. He's he's never wowed me, but he's never. I've, I've never been yeah. just like get me out you know like there's a smoothie joke there somewhere but i can't think of it right now
1: right 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 no i'm saying clg with their full roster that's like i will get into the predictions later after Mm. who we play for but yo that that's gonna be like a top five team like i think unless something horrible happens and finn actually doesn't do anything but like i can see that team doing okay and Mm. like maybe upsetting some of the like tsm like for example tsm right now early especially oh yeah like,
2: in best of ones? Yeah. God knows. Yeah, yeah. I think in some timelines, CLG is reasonably you know, a top-four team. Because I think right now the top three is pretty set in stone. I mean, mm-hmm. TLC 900 Thieves looks like a very definitive top three for this league. And that number four spot, on any which way, could go towards either, I think, EG, EG. TSM, or CLG. Mm-hmm. I or FlyQuest. Really, even FlyQuest, too. I think that number four spot in the top four is... Super, super up for grabs right now. And there's there's no reason why CLG can't take it with the amount of veteran presence and just raw talent that they have on that roster. And you know what sucks?
0: NA is only going to get three slots at Worlds, so that number four spot is going to mean
2: Jack.
1: It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) You were playing for pride points. Uh, Speaking of playing for pride, Tyler, take it away.
1: All right. So for people who have been uh, tuning into the show, you all know what it is. It's who he played for. Uh, For people who are not familiar with this part of the podcast, this is a segment where we ask our guest, Mike here. um, Basically, we say a name, a player, that is recognizable. It's not going to be some obscure player that we don't know of. But it's a recognizable name that uh, might be playing in a place that you you might be surprised by. So, uh, we're going to start off with something a little easy maybe maybe okay we have three players here mike okay and i'm gonna say who he play for and then the player and then you have to, uh you have to guess what team
0: he played he's for playing yeah he played for
1: exactly it. uh <laughs> you can get i think like we we decided that half points are in order if you can guess the region or like the team at least that, or whatever, that's or a very like, like we leave it up a, to the Do you guys have a point system oh. yeah we do there's half points in this has anybody so. has
2: anybody swept and gone three for three
1: uh, I don't no. think so. I think we've, we've had yet. 2 out of 3 might be our best. Uh, pa- Pablo. Bloop. We've yeah. got 2 out of 3. Okay. Yeah.
0: Which we should have uh, known better, honestly. Probably because he reported
2: <laughs> those. Hello? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe. Honestly, Actually, true. not even lying. Not even lying. That's he reported on one of them, I think. <laughs> we don't want to yeah.
0: talk about it. We don't talk about it. Alright, alright, alright.
1: Right. So. Let's go for the first one. Uh, we're doing the... Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, first one is a little bit easier. Should be. So Mike, who he played for, Bang. The freak of freaks. There you go. It was a, it was a, it was a gimme. Putting the, gimme. putting the free in a freak of freaks.
2: Yeah. Hey man, they had a 2-0 week last week. They are. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like Mike, beat Mike so is much. the LCK guy, dude. They're moving up yeah. in the world. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> He's next to though. Uh, where who he played for? Big. <laughs> man. <laughs> My man, my man hopped in. He was so confident. Yo, a freak of freaks. <laughs>
2: big. You mean the big member of the legendary... Terry, leg- Terry troll leg- Legendary Hard and Big Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, the no. The legendary
1: duo of Hard and Big.
2: Oh, no. Um, is he still in NA? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, I can say that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um... I don't think he's anywhere in the academy scene.
1: Can't I? Can't I? Can't confirm or deny this? but We already gave you a pretty big hint with the Was he's
2: he's still on NA. Yeah, still on um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say he is playing for FlyQuest Academy. Is that final answer? Yes, Regis. That's my final answer. <laughs>
1: Survey. <laughs> no, he is not on FlyQuest Academy. Uh, he is not in the Academy scene. He is actually playing for an NA amateur team called Anu Esports. Uh, yeah. Huh. That, that was my reaction, to well, <laughs> It's just si- silence. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, the, is he
2: still with Hard? Is that... No? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think Hard is a coach now. Oh, okay. I think Hard is coaching. If I'm not mistaken, I need to check later.
0: I, I, I'll, I'll check. You go. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah check for me. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I was going to say, for example, like, uh, another one, uh, this is the last one. Sure. But then I'm also going to throw you some extra ones at the end, whatever. Uh, So, who he played for, Mike Ruin?
2: He literally just got signed. Mm -hmm. I just saw it yesterday, and I've already thrown it right out of the... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't the only one. In one year, out the other year. Yeah, literally. (laughs) I saw he got signed yesterday, and... Oh, baby. I could not tell you who he played for because <laughs> I saw his name and said, oh, I'm glad that guy has a job. And, yeah! then, <laughs> kept and then scrolled. And just kept moving on. I'm going to say he plays somewhere in the I'm going to say he plays somewhere in the LPL Challenger scene.
1: Wow. Very specific. And... Very specific.
2: And So like LDL, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the minor leagues of the LPL. Yeah. Um and that's all I got. <laughs> who who does he play for? Okay, so I'm, actually um, can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. Yeah, go is ahead. He, yeah, is he is he is he signed to Rogue Warriors organization?
1: Very specific and very wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> very specific and way that's off. Weird. He's actually playing. I was going to give you a hint, too. I was going to say his teammate is Wadid. Oh, But then that's probably not a It is a hint. It, They're in the LLA. It is it. Right? There he goes. let go. I couldn't say any more than that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was the hint I was going to give you. Uh, but you were completely wrong with the Rogue Warriors.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate that you gave such a specific answer. That's, 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 yeah, that's yeah. worth like a quarter point, in our not. Eh, no,
1: no. <laughs> okay. no <I> never <laughs> he's in the wrong country. <laughs> Stupid, but I, we're Just because he's a buddy of ours here. doesn't mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's with the All Knights.
2: Well, good for him. I'm glad Ruin is finding work somewhere <laughs> in the world. Yeah, um, and I, r- great. I hope to see him at the World Championship later this year as the All Knights takes worlds 2021 by storm
1: inevitably that that all lights team looks kind of nice though i got some talent yeah dude i'm happy that wadeed is playing for a team Mm -hmm. i think that he was he still had a lot to get sure wadeed in his prime was uh a force to be reckoned with for sure yes he's really good but yeah uh so what is that one out of three one out of three ain't bad one it good. I mean, it's thirty-three percent. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, if, if if Bloop is the only one that's gotten two out of three, and like we kind of hinted our questions to like maybe the most knowledgeable guest we brought on here. Word. Uh, look, that's fine. <laughs> one out of three legit ain't bad. Yeah. All right, we are going to take it to a, a quick break here. But when we come back, uh, we will make some uh, look a little further ahead and make some predictions that will inevitably come back to bite us in the butt, especially because we're going to put them on the internet and yes, nothing baby. ever dies. Two
1: early predictions. That'll never bite us in the end. Nope.
0: Cool. Never have nope. it, never will. We'll be right back. Welcome back everyone, part two of episode eight of the Critical Strike Podcast, Enrique Demore, Tyler Esguera, and coming off the bench, uh, Vinny Johnson himself, Michael Kelly, the microwave, coming in to fill in for Meg K. Uh, any Pistons fans out there got that reference, or just deep-cut NBA fans uh, might have gotten that. Anywho, we are done with who he played for. Mike put in a, a, an admirable performance, bang average, no pun intended, legitimately no pun intended. Um, but we're going to get into some, uh, some predictions here. We made a, a few kind of for week one, but broader. Award season is not even close to upon us, so what better time? To make our early <laughs> predictions for MVP, <laughs> oh, yeah. rookie of the split, uh, and then further down, an All-Pro team. Uh, I be interested th- I, I know these are, some of these are going to bite us in the behind, but we we're relatively measured with our takes. I think, and yeah, I will... we're,
1: we're great. Yeah, we're, you know what we, know we are what we're talking about, right? Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to make any caveats. Let's get into it. Um, yes. All right. Who wants to go first? And let's should we do uh, MVP or rookie of the split first?
2: Let's do. Mm, 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 let's, let's let's save MVP. I feel like that's that should be the last one. I that's think, why people tune into the show.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I think <laughs> I think we should do first off, who do we think is going to be in the finals?
0: Oh, true. That's true. One. I completely missed that in the rundown. That is 100% yes, on me. Bad host. Good, yeah. um, no, no, no. all right. So, finals matchup and winner. And This is just Spring Split. Yes? Yes. Yes. yes just so. a Spring Split. So, so, who's going to MSI?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the that's the that's the thing that we're doing
2: here. Uh Mike, you want to go for it? Sure thing. Um I'll state the obvious and say that uh, based on the lock-in performance, I think it's a no-doubter that TL is an odds-on favorite to win this split. Um, they, they look like the strongest team in the region by a wide margin. They have top three, if not top two players uh, at every position on the rift. Um, they, they won the offseason, in my opinion, by adding the best top laner in, in North America to the roster in Afari.
1: Alfari.
2: And they, they also brought on a extremely... Qualified jungler and Santorin, and that bot side will continue to develop into what I think is the best bottom lane in the league. Yeah, um, with tactical and core JJ. I just think there's way too many net positives for TL to not win this split. I think this
1: they, is their split to lose.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. They've already put the cards on the table, man. They've already won lock in, they already are mm-hmm. you know, the, the preseason favorite. So go ahead, go out there and prove it. Yeah. As, for, as for who they beat. I don't think they come across Cloud9 again in a, in a finals best of 5. I think they'll actually come across 100 Thieves. Um,
1: okay.
2: Who will probably develop into a much stronger unit that can actually win the third game <laughs> against C9 in the semis if it comes to that. But by the time the split comes to a close, but yeah, I think TL over 100 Thieves in the finals. Uh, we'll call it we'll call it 3 games to 2.
1: 3 games to 2. Uh shoot. I do agree TL is going to be definitely there, um, barring like a massive collapse in the middle of the spring, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think they've already shown that they have like a level of synergy that most teams require a lot of time to gain. And they already look kind of like well-oiled machine type of team already. Um... 100 Thieves is a pretty good answer. I think that they've shown that. So like the reason why I think 100 Thieves, it's either going to be 100 Thieves or C9. And the reason why I'm leaning towards 100 Thieves as well is because they already have, especially in the spring when this season is going to be a lot about who can adapt and kind of adjust to each other because there's a lot of new teams kind of coming into the season. Um, That second spot is going to depend on who can adjust and adapt and create a an identity for themselves first so it's going to be kind of being the chase between c9 100 thieves eg i think that and even tsm to a degree maybe but that the tsm there's they have a lot of stuff that needs to go right for them so i would put more so 100 thieves, c9 eg 100 thieves already has that existing synergy between the four players that they picked up in the off season and then they just added someday who's still in my mind in the running for best top laner in the region so it does make sense, and we saw their their highs in the lock-in. They were they looked incredible. Um, I think that straight up TL hundred these is the matchup to watch in general for North America this season. Like, there's so many explosive matchups across the entire Rift. Like, someday versus Alfari, FBI Hui versus like FBI Huhi versus Tactical Core JJ is going to be the most exciting matchup we're gonna see. Bar none. 100%. Like, by 10 minutes, they're going to want to kill each other three times (laughs) over. Like, it's going to be so (laughs) stupidly exciting to see how those teams match up. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree that it's, like, 100 days. Maybe Cloud9. Because in a best-of series, we've seen what they can do and if they're given enough time. And perks, that's the thing, right? If perks can find his fit or this team can find where he can fit best and then he can start and he gets a little bit more comfortable because you can kind of see that he's not comfortable yet in this setting. Um... I think as soon as Perks is able to settle into the to the team in the region, oh man, he's gonna do per- like he's gonna do Perks things. I like he's gonna do Perks things in the postseason, but I think that during the regular season is gonna be a little bit weirder because it's best of ones. Um, so we'll see. I might actually give it. Ooh, I might give it to Cloud Nine. Time is a time is a healer, and I think that the mistakes they made during this. Uh, this lock-in season, they're going to be working on that a re- like a lot. So, I might actually give that to Cloud9. I think it actually might be TL Cloud9 again. It is It is going to be
0: really hard. I mean, I think <clears throat> if you're, yeah, I mean, TL, like you said, because a lot of teams, it seems like a lot of the storylines for them are, well, how do the new pieces fit in? And TL swapped only Alfari, and he has shown that he is a clear, he, like he, he could be on an island, but not in the like, stick impact on a tank, wait till 15 minutes, have him TP down for an objective every once in a while sort of way. Is like, he's an island in the sense that leave him up there to dumpster whoever in lane (laughs) and he'll just join the team and everybody else will be ahead and they'll just roll through. Um, Yeah, I I think TL is the favorite. And I think, I mean, to to you guys' point, while you guys were talking, I was trying to think of my way, you know, like reason my way into, well, maybe EG and maybe, but like, it all depends on how quickly Cloud9 meshes because i do think they have arguably a higher ceiling uh than tl at the end of the day but again it's how long do they take to hit that ceiling i think Mm -hmm. summer split is gonna be a lot more you know telling and i think it'll be interesting to see i really i really really do think that patch 11.3 with all the buffs to ap top laners the nerfs to the things that are dominating the meta right now is going to show who's just abusing champions and who's actually a more Mm -hmm. cohesive team and this is a compressed spring split Right. Uh, yep. you know, it's the same amount of games, but it's double round robin over the course of six weeks. So that's also fewer patches to, to mess around and get, you know, BS results on because of one busted thing. Right. So I agree. Just, just given that, I do think that there will be sort of a, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it'll be, uh, I'm going to say cloud nine. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I think it, I, but that's hard, right? Because I mean, 100 Thieves look like a bit, a bit more of a, a proven commodity right now. But look, they did just lose a best of five to C9. Um, and that is how it's going to be decided. So
1: I mean, uh, the, the, the thing though is like, what I don't want to see is that is the question I want answered as the season goes on is, is 100 Thieves just good because like good right now mm-hmm. because they've played so long together? Because I want to see them against teams that have gotten to play with each other a lot more. And I want to see them play against teams that have kind of figured themselves out a lot more. Because I feel like right now they're kind of ahead of the pack a little bit in terms of building synergy. Um, So so for me, I think that, like, for example, 100 these I think they're going to win a lot of games in the beginning of the season when people are still trying to figure themselves out. But yeah. once... the like, rest of the, the league teams catches like, up, you think? Yeah, like, I think that, like, Cloud9 evil geniuses even they're still trying to do some like they're still trying to figure things out whatever tsm even right mm-hmm. once you know lost finds his way and sword art fits more so and understands his team because let's be real he's the, he's going to be the shot color kind of on that team um once him and spika and even poe and spika start to figure things out they could be pretty good too and then we could see how they fit up against 100 thieves because i think right now i don't want to be kind of more of a recency bias for 100 thieves because they played pretty well during the lock-in Yeah, like we need to understand that there's going to be these teams will look very very different later in the season near the end of the split yep. possibly so yeah. I for me think that cloud nine right now has the highest ceiling I'm giving it I'm giving all these teams kind of like a viewpoint of what will they look like at the end of the season and then for me I think cloud nine if things work out the way they are they will be that team up there mm-hmm.
0: And I think as far as <clears throat> higher variance teams, I, I would, if we were talking more about summer, CLG is a team I want to intensely talk about. They're going to be my, they're the highest variance team for me. They could finish ninth or third, as far as I'm concerned, as far as absolute mm. floor and absolute ceiling. I really, really want that to work out. And I'm showing a lot of my biases here. <laughs> um, even though my secret lab chair is, is a team liquid chair. Like I'm, I, Love Team Liquid, but there are so many individual faces on that CLG roster that I do like. Uh, let's move oh. into...
2: Hank, I thought you were an objective journalist. Right? <laughs> Was. No, I
0: left that behind at, at, at journalism school. Capital J Journalism School. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I just talk into a microphone for money. That's where I'm living my, I'm living my best unabashed life.
2: I, my mama Amen. told me to be myself, so...
1: Exactly. You're being yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and if,
2: uh, if, let's if you're if yourself is a Team Liquid fan, then so be it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's move it to
0: Rookie of the Year. Uh, okay. Okay. For me, if I if I could just kick things off here, uh yeah. I initially I was gonna go with um with my boy Niles, but I think that he uh just given the crop of top laners that he's gonna go up against, I think it'll be hard for his numbers to actually stick out enough to mm-hmm. for him to deserve uh such an award. So I think I'm going to go with iconic. He had a mm. really, really stole good, my pick. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh but I, I mean, I think I, that, that sounded mean. I just didn't know what else to say. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, his numbers are nuts. He, he has the highest DPM so far uh, of <clears throat> of any jungler in the LCS through the lock-in tournament, which is kind of crazy. And it shows that they are going to try to play through him. Now, I'll be interested to see if, you know, if the meta were to shift away from carry junglers, does that go down, right? Can he be more of a supportive uh, player? But his numbers are all way better than you would think. He's top five in kill participation um in kill share he's top five death percentage he's uh pretty low as well he has the makings of a good jungler he's all over the place um and again i want to see as the meta evolves if he can be flexible but Mm -hmm. that's that's a question for a little later and i think he's shown enough to where I, i don't see anyone else overtaking him
1: yeah i think i think that like like i said you took my pick here iconic is looking like one of the best players on that team on the golden guardians team that really young new team there um you know, is this going to be a case of a good player on a bad team? Therefore, his his performances are elevated because it's on a, a team. Um, maybe, maybe. But again, this is just rookie, rookie of the Year. So I would give it to Iconic. I actually don't know. Like, who's eligible for rookie status right here? So it's Iconic, Niles.
0: Iconic, Niles, Neo. Diamond. Diamond. Palafox, Lost. Jose Diodo? No. That I actually don't know. I don't think he is uh, only because because he played in the he played at Worlds. I mean, he, he played a full yeah. season overseas and yeah. he played at Worlds mm-hmm. as well. I mean, the guy has been around the block. It's one of those things that, like, because in conventional sports, he would be considered a rookie, right? It's like Ichiro. He played yeah almost ten years in Japan, but his first year in the MLB, he was already a lord, and he's like, oh yeah, one rookie of the year. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> does not. this count? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so I actually um, don't know, but I but I think you're right. I don't think he would count as a rookie, and I, I think nor should he.
1: What about Lost?
0: Um, I think Lost
1: would count as a rookie. I Lost would count as a rookie. Does
2: he? Has he had a stint with Echo Fox?
1: He was a starter on Echo Fox. Ooh. He has. He has played in the. I LCS, forgot about that. So I don't. I, I. No. No. He's not a rookie. He is okay. not a rookie. Never mind. Uh, uh, Saligo I mean,
2: wouldn't. No, Saligo's been around. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah Saligo's played in the LCS, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was on Hundred Thieves for a while. It, it's it's tough because they
2: don't really explicitly like tell you who's who's a rookie and who's not, especially with all of the Oceania imports coming in. Mm-hmm. It's tough yeah. to get a clear look at exactly who's getting their first shot. I think right now that the bona fide rookies to watch are Niles, iconic, and really, you can throw in some other names across the board if you want to put, like, I don't know, does insanity count? I don't think so, but like, nah, no, <clears throat> I mean, there's Palafox? Like, pa- yeah, yeah, like Palafox Diamond, and Johnson. That is a very green bot side. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say, like, who exactly is a rookie because there isn't a whole lot of clarity regarding uh, service time rules and um, international experience rules. So, I, mean,
1: I suppose really... that's,
0: that's definitely something that we could have at least done a cursory Google search before. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well,
1: here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, You know what? FlyQuest in general, I think, is going to be the one roster that i'm not looking at to win but i'm looking at to see how they develop because those guys are really talented they were really talented and they showed off really well during the their academy seasons Mm -hmm. uh like palafox diamond uh johnson like these are guys that have shown that they have really really a lot of potential um and licorice is very vocal about the game he's a pretty good leader i think uh jose Diotto has plenty of talent um i want to see how those guys develop i don't know if they'll be the ones to win rookie of the split in terms uh rookie of the year in terms of powell fox or diamond but i think that that team as a whole has a ton of potential a ton of potential i think that licorice is a really good leader which is why i think and, and that's one of the biggest things for me is if you're gonna make a team like this you need to have a veteran presence that is ready to basically mentor them into the lcs yeah um, because FlyQuest and Golden Guardians are our two basically green rosters. Sure. Um, I and I think that Licorice is going to be a better mentor. I'm doing air quotes mentor than Stixey. Uh, I think, I think. Um, so, mm-hmm. but I do think that Icon is going to be the <laughs> <All> rookie <right>. here, <laughs> just out of straight talent and his situation.
2: Michael, any quick shouts for Rookie of the Year before we move to All-Pro? I'm right there with you guys on Iconic. We've talked about it uh, a little bit, but I think, yeah, just mechanically speaking, in terms of raw talent, he's he's the player to watch. I think he developed immensely in the collegiate scene, mm-hmm. and he's bringing a pretty strong amount of firepower to a Golden, a Golden, Garden, Golden Guardians roster that is in serious need of firepower. Like, this roster is playing with house money all the way, And the more chances that a guy like Iconic has to just show off how high his ceiling can be, the better. I I think right now, yeah, he's my pick for Rookie of the Year just because of how talented he actually is.
0: Yeah, and you you can do a lot with raw talent, and I think with the rookie aspect of it as well, I think the the voters uh, would take that a lot more into account uh, because your numbers are going to be smothered if you're on a crap team, but you are a, a rookie that's... Popping off, not the Golden Guardians necessarily a crap team, but they, they they might be. Anyway, let's move to the All Pro team, a team that would objectively not be crap. Um,
1: Let's rubbing my hands.
0: Let's let's start with support. Did anyone put anyone other than Core JJ? No, he's my guy. Yeah,
1: there's no there's no discussion there.
0: Okay, wonderful. Uh, ADC.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Who wants to go first here?
2: I mean, I put Core JJ's lane partner. Yeah, yeah, I think tactical is gonna, gonna emerge as the best AD, the succession, the successor to uh, the throne that was abdicated by Doublelift,
1: and mm-hmm. the new face
2: of the role. I got high hopes for tactical. I do. Yeah. yeah, I, I think, I think he, that's the easy answer. Yeah, is tactical. I mean, I,
0: I think he very well could, and I think he'll probably end up with better numbers at the end of the day because I think he's got a better support than my pick. Which I think, if you're just judging off like who's the better just AD carry, I think it would be FBI. Um, and
1: I'm mainly saying I'm, that I'm there with you. Yeah, because
0: I, I think and again, I think TL will go further than Hunter Thieves. They'll, you know, they're they're going to do better. They're going to get two more two v two kills. But that's because Core JJ might be the best player in the entire LCS. And your your support is half of. Well, let's say something extremely insightful. Your support is half your bot lane. Freaking a. Yeah. Um, but the uh, no, I I think as far as just pure raw like fb like mechanical talent. Um, I think I think tactical could get it absolutely, but I think he gets a lot of help from Core JJ, and that's not to take anything away from him because part of being a good AD carry is knowing how to work with your support, yeah. and especially you know like the, the journey that those two have been on and how much tactical has developed under a literal world champion is not to be taken away from. But I just think on the whole, FBI is doing more with less, and again, it's not to flame who he. He's just not Core JJ, and that's not an insult.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's not forget Sven though. Like, yep. Sven, as much as we love to talk about our young guns, hey, Sven is still here. He's still, like, man, like, even on picks like Senna in the lock-in tournament, this guy's picking up pentakills. And so, dude, Sven, like, I, I love talking about tactical. I love talking about FBI because they're the, they're the future of this league. But Sven is still kicking strong on a really, really on paper strong Cloud9 roster, and I think by the end of the season, if Cloud9 is able to get their ish together, Sven's gonna be up there for ADC of the year of this of the split. I mean, like so I our, think that I I agree. Not to mention
2: he's reunited with a mid laner in Parks who he had mm-hmm. synergy with a yeah. lot in the past and, and Mythi as head a coach. coach, his head coach. Is,
1: uh Rainover is the head coach. Smithy's a Smithy's sorry. Myth, Smithy is
2: the positional coach. You're right. Yes,
1: but yes. even still. Yeah, like, I mean, like yeah. you're nice and comfortable. You got your boys right. Yeah. If you're able to really get your like like if you're really able to ramp up as the season ends, yo, I'm saying Sven's gonna take it again. He he's a he's still really really good. Yeah. So. So are know.
0: are our top three in some order? Tacticals then FBI. If we're
1: if there was one i i would say For, yes. first second
0: and third team yeah
1: yeah, right. yeah i think it would be i think it would be tactical spend fbi realistically um yeah right. Yeah. That, that looks pretty accurate to me all
0: right into the mid lane uh perks mm. i mean that feels like the easy answer but i mean it is the easy like answer, but yeah. but i also think this is the one that could go the most like the biggest variance because again it's what are you looking at? Is it is it straight results? Is it just stats? Is it you know how much help are they getting from their junglers? How much do you weigh that, etc.? What do you what do y'all what do y'all think?
1: I, I think I think just straight impact on your team, mm. um,
0: and that's why I put perks because I think he has so much value, right? In terms yeah. Of if he ints, it's going to be rough, and if he pops off, they could win the LCS easy.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's just the easiest answer. If you look at North America's mid lane talent pool, it's kind of. Uh, it's like perks power of evil jensen mm-hmm. at the top uh yeah it's one of the lanes that we're kind of lacking in terms of ta- talent i guess um not to say that the guys that we have in the lcs right now aren't talented but like there's a big talent there's a big gap compared, not
2: quite compared to other positions you're saying right Yes yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Hey man,
2: don't sleep on Jensen. He was actually my pick for for all from it I think oh, okay. uh, he actually might just have a more consistent season than Perks. I mean, that's fair. I think Jensen is the higher floor player because obviously Perks can mm. pop off and be G2 Perks um or he can be Perks on Yone, <laughs> you know? Like it's <laughs> it's it's one or the other. I don't want to say he's feast or famine, but so far in the LCS, he has been pretty feast feast or famine. And, and much more so than Jensen. And
0: yeah. Back Absolutely. In. Yeah. No, so I, I think that's a, that's a I, fair
2: shout. I mean, it, it would, perks is the easy answer. I think perks is the safer answer, but I would not be stunned in the
1: slightest if Jensen takes it. If Jensen gets it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Up to jungle. I'll let y'all go first. This was the hardest one for me.
1: Me too. Hmm. Let me look. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explore a little. We got, uh, well, okay. Uh, blabber I'm, I'm gonna say blabber okay uh just because i think that he will be very instrumental in the way in how cloud nine succeeds and how they fit each other fit to each other's playstyles. Mm-hmm. Uh like we said earlier i think that blabber and perks as a duo is going to be very important um and if perks is thriving then blabber is probably thriving beside him um, and I think that Perks is only going to get better, and Cloud9 is only going to get better as the season ramps towards the end, which means that by the end of the season, Perks uh, Blabber is going to look like an All Pro first team jungler again. Uh, I do think that there are some very very notable mentions like Santorin. Um, got a lot to work with on that Team Liquid lineup, but I just think that Blabber right now, it's kind of like. If Perks is popping off, he's probably got his hands in that as well, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be seen. That's me. That's that. That's my pick, though. Yeah. Michael,
2: I went for a bit of an outside pick. I, I picked Closer from hundred thieves. Mm. Um, I think when hundred thieves wins, it's because of the old adage. That's because the better jungler wins, and if jungle difference, if if Closer is winning, hundred thieves is winning, and I think hundred thieves is on pace to win a lot of games in twenty twenty one. Um, and a lot of those wins will be at the hands of their quickly developing jungler. Um, I mean, Closer's been around for a while, but in, in terms of just getting used to the league, we we've seen him really ramp up his ability to to outshine a lot of the LCS's native junglers um, last year and even thus far here in the early stages of 2021. I like Closer a lot. I think he has a strong a uh, strong ceiling. I think he's one of those players that can really just pop off and make the big play more so than other junglers can. But I, I do have my faith in Closer to win the all-pro title at the jungle position. Yeah.
0: Uh and I will say Speaker. Um I'm gonna say Speaker for uh for, for kind of the same reason that y'all for the same reason that Jensen was chosen. A little bit higher floor. Um, but I still think as far as balancing the impact on just, mm. again, this is a TSM roster. It's going to be kind of mishmash. And when you have a mishmash roster, the guys that hold it together are the jungler and the support. And I think Speak is going to have a very, very consistent split because he showed that again on a, he he took the Cursed Chalice, the TSM jungle spot last split, and he performed his uh, his his little brain out. Um, mm. I think he was wonderful. Um, Interesting. All right. And then wrapping it up here, because we are we are running uh, high on time here. Top lane. Uh, alfari or sunday i i said alfari
1: should we
2: all just Alphari. say alfari on, really? yeah. on three
1: yeah alfari on three. Three, two, three three two one two Alphari. three alfari yeah. all right that was horrible
0: no um, yeah that was really bad and on that note i think that's where we are going to wrap it thank you all so much for tuning into the eighth <laughs> episode that was the worst
1: note to, that was we, the worst note to wrap we had on. a great Honestly. episode and then we just <laughs> we actually crashed it into the ground oh my god <laughs> Man. Um, the lads.
0: But but how you can uh, help us uh, keep doing this and keep, you know, <laughs> just going through this roller coaster of emotions on the podcast is by giving us a, a five-star rating, giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, oh, Google Play.
1: God, hey, uh, what was that,
0: bro? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. We the got- one episode that Meg is in here, everything just... <laughs>
1: like everything the ending just meow. yeah
0: yeah by, by episode nine hopefully uh meg will be back and we'll have a more cohesive uh showing here a big thank you to, to michael kelly regardless
1: yes thank, for, you. No,
2: thank you so much make sure you put meg out on the floor and i go back to the bench for the next <laughs> one
1: nah, 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 you good you were good too bro Don't worry about uh me. what podcast
0: uh, platform am i forgetting aside for Apple and spotify
1: Pocket Cast is one i always
0: forget yep that and google play um and, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all for us. Yeah, the, the the subscribing, the reviews, the five stars, that really does yep. help. That's uh, And when I say it does help, that's not our egos talking. That is the algorithm. Um, that's just <laughs> it, it, it's, it don't yeah, hate man. the player, hate the game sort of thing. So yep. um, with that, we will, uh, you yeah. know, signing off for everybody Yeah, on the Critical Strike Podcast, uh, presented by Dot Esports, Michael Kelly, Tyler Scarrett, myself, Enrique Demore. Thank you all for being here, and we'll see you next week.